Hello and welcome to the Black Millennial Revolution. My name is Kiana Michelle, also known as Key, and you are tuned in to another episode here at the Black Millennial Revolution. So what is going on, you all? What is going on? Very happy to be back here with you all for another episode. So the recent events of police brutality, they have certainly ignited and sparked many things, right? I think we can all agree upon that. They have ignited and sparked many things. They have sparked protests. They have sparked riots, even though many of those riots were started by white infiltrators and white supremacist groups and the police. But most importantly, they have sparked a revolution amongst black people. We are in the beginning of another revolution. And before I dive into today's topic, I definitely want to emphasize the notion that These riots were started. A lot of these riots that you all have been seeing on the news or reading upon on Twitter or on Google, if you search them, or even on Facebook or seeing them on Instagram, a lot of these riots have been started by white agitators, white supremacist groups, and the police. And I really want to emphasize that notion because I know the media is spinning a different narrative like they love to do. I know they're trying to blame this on black people. This is a setup and we have to realize this. And I want to really emphasize this because when they control the mind, they control the body. And this is why I always urge black people to question the American media system. This is a country that didn't even want us to have our own media outlet. So why do we think that they will be telling us the truth, one? And why do we think that they would ever portray us in a positive light? Ever. So question the media, you all. Question the media. And remember, I don't know if you all listened to the podcast episode that I did last week about my me witnessing um, a protest that happened right in front of my, my house. And it was a random protest. I was like, oh, shoot, there's a protest happening. It, and, but it was a huge, huge protest. You, I'm talking about a crowd of people walking down my main street. I live on a main street of Boston. So... All I'm telling you all, I hardly saw any black people in that crowd. And my neighbor, I I was speaking to him a few days ago, and he told me that he was outside and a car parked right in front of him when he was on his steps. And a white guy came outside of the car holding up a huge sign that stated white supremacist. So once again, when they control the mind, they control the body. So let's dive in to today's topic. So today's topic is, what does the revolution look like? What does the revolution look like? So revolution, as I have stated before, because this podcast is called the Black Millennial Revolution, is not about violence, you all. It's about change. Now, of course, Sometimes you may have to be violent in order to get the change that you want, right? But it is never solely about violence. And with this podcast, I will never promote violence, ever. I'm simply here, y'all, 
to revolutionize the way black millennials think about the world, but most importantly, how we feel about ourselves and our blackness. Because the root of the revolution is self-love. If you as a black person do not love yourself, it will be very hard for you to build. Think about a house. That is the foundation of your house, right? So if we as black people, we have a lot of people that feel like I don't really love my blackness and we're coming together, we're not going to be able to build collectively or individually. And that's something that we really need to realize. Self-love is essential and a lot of us lack it. So we really got to get better at that. A lot of us got to start embracing and loving our blackness and challenging the psychological warfare that the media, as I stated before, has displayed upon us. So I ask you all, I ask you all, all right, what have you all been seeing people talk about in terms of the revolution? Have you all been seeing anybody talk about the revolution at all? I'm sure you all have been seeing, you know, people mentioning it, mentioning it on online and seeing people talk about it. So currently, I have been seeing a lot of people talking about it, y'all. I've been seeing a lot of people talk about black ownership. I've been seeing a lot of people talk about us having our own Tulsa, our own modern day Tulsa. And, you know, if for the people that don't know what Tulsa was. Tulsa was a very affluent black area in Tulsa, Oklahoma. It was in Oklahoma. And this very affluent black area was burned down 99 years ago in 1921. And it is stated that it was a riot. It's the Tulsa riot. Sometimes if you look online, you will see Tulsa riot. And then other times you will see massacre. It was a massacre. Those black people, they were not fighting back. A white mob came and burned the town down and killed many black people along the way. And it really pisses me off. Every single time I hear this story, I read upon this story, I state this story, it really pisses me off. I'm not even going to front. It really does. And you all want to know why? (laughs) You all want to know why it really pisses me off? Because I'm talking about we had several banks. We had schools. We had over 600 businesses. We had grocery stores. The fact that we had essential businesses like grocery stores is a big deal. But the fact that it was all burned down angers me. It really does. Because personally, I think it's sickening how people can fear the advancement of black people so much that they have to sabotage our success and then make it seem like we are people that don't want more out of life. This is systematic. This is really a systematic fight, you all. It's messed up. But you know what? I know that we will push forward. I believe it in my heart. I really do. So I ask you all. What does the revolution look like to you? What does the revolution look like to you? Think about that for a second. Think about that. To me, y'all, the revolution is all about strategy, structure, and ownership. That's what I think the revolution is about. Right now, we are at a place where there are a lot of ideas coming out. I'm seeing a lot of ideas, great ideas, 
innovative ideas, creative ideas, and I'm loving. But at some point, we need to figure out what ideas we're going to take and the strategy and structure to implement to make those ideas a reality. You know, we really have to do that. So I had um, my own ideas of how I think we could really get this done, right? But this morning, well, actually, I'm doing this in the night. So I should say yesterday. (laughs) Yesterday morning, I stumbled upon this interview from The Breakfast Club um, with this scholar, a black scholar by the name of Dr. Claude Anderson. And many of you all that are listening are probably very familiar with this brilliant man. Um, That was my first time learning about him. And he, wow, it was a great interview. I'm talking about he taught me a lot in that interview. But one thing that he really, you know, kept emphasizing on was the fact that Black people really need to come together to build our resources and to thrive in this country. And he stated six ways that we can do this. And it's literally him talking about the revolution, which is crazy that he's stating this um, because this, this episode was filmed in December of 2019. And the fact that he stated ways that we as Black people can start to revolutionize economically it, it made me think like, okay, I have to state his ways first before I state mine. So as I stated before, Dr. Dr. Claude Anderson, he is a great thinker. He's a writer. He's a speaker. Um, he's an advocate for black economics. And he has also worked inside the government to bring change. And I think that, you know, he's he's just a really, you guys got to look this man up and watch that interview. I, I'm talking about he he was so, so noble of a man and just so knowledgeable. And it was just such a great interview. I like watching those interviews on The Breakfast Club that are actually teaching me something and they're just not a bunch of celebrity rubbish. So I really, really appreciated this interview. So I wrote down his six points just so I wouldn't forget and just so I can stay on track. And As I state the points, I'll probably state a little bit of my own opinions on them, but I definitely want to get to his points first before I state mine. So here we go. So here's the first one that he stated. Number one, come together and develop a sense of cohesiveness. Our greatest commonality is our skin color. We have to come together as a team. Racism is a team sport. You either play as a team or you lose by default. So the first step of the revolution is us coming together, us uniting. And this is a hard thing for black people. Um, it's, it's not, it's not something that can't be done, but this is a hard thing for black people because we can come together, but can we stay together? That's what I'm saying. That's why I'm saying it can be hard. I know we can come together right now. We're coming together, right? But can we, Stay together is the question, you know? So it's not only important for us to come together, but we need to stay together. We need to stay together, all right? We really do. So I love that that was his first point because I really couldn't agree anymore. 
So that was the first thing he stated. And he, you know, stated other things along with it. But I really want to make these points um, just short and concise. Number two, establish some turf slash land to operate on. So I love this one, too. So he's talking about us establishing our own land to build our own businesses and our own communities. You know, so we need a code of conduct in these communities. We only have um, neighbor, neighbor, neighborhoods. We don't have communities. So he's saying nowadays, we only have neighborhoods or hoods. We don't really have black communities anymore, which is really true. It, it really is. And so we need to get back to that. Forming black communities in America, thriving communities in America. But first, we have to come together. And second, we have to establish some turf and land to operate on. So I really love that second point. I really do. And I also couldn't agree anymore. Number three, practice group economics. So he said once we establish some land and get that turf, we go right down and practice group economics. So what does he mean by that? Buy, your, buy from your own people first. So this is service and goods, buying, buying from Black-owned businesses first. So I'm seeing a lot of that on social media now. You know, you got to support Black-owned businesses, support Black-owned businesses. So this is us coming together. You get what I'm saying? This is us coming together. But can we stay together? Are we just saying, oh, support Black-owned businesses for the wave of this? Are we really going to be like, nah, I'm actually... Um, supporting Black-owned businesses hardcore. I shop at Black-owned businesses more than I shop at other businesses. That's something that we really need to start doing more of. We really do. And personally, I have had many people tell me in my life, you know, I um, think that, you know, Black-owned businesses, they could be really unprofessional. And I just, you know, sometimes don't always like shopping at them. I'd rather shop at other businesses, blah, 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 blah. And I get it. You know, I have, you know, I'm not saying that, you know, some Black-owned businesses can't be unprofessional, but there are tons of businesses that are white-owned or Asian-owned or Spanish-owned that are unprofessional as well. But you still go and shop there. Right? Gucci and H&M and all these places that let black people know time and time again that they don't care about us. Black people still shop there. Black people still rock their Gucci belts looking ridiculous in those tacky luxury clothing items. I'm sorry, y'all. I'm into fashion, but those tacky Louis and Gucci that strips you away from your individuality and you spending a whole bunch of money just to show people that you have money and you probably don't. It just, I'm sorry. It just, I, I don't think that's swag. I don't think that's swag, but I'm, I'm, I'm digressing. <laughs> I'm digressing, but yeah, you know, we could be really hard on our own people is what I'm saying here. We could really be hard on our own people. You know, there, there's times where, you know, people can complain about, oh, this white waitress was so racist to us at a restaurant, but you still go back to that restaurant. You still go back to that restaurant. So that's all I'm saying. We really need to start shopping black and buying black. Number four, get into politics. So one thing that he stated when he stated get into politics, 
politics that really struck my mind is the fact that he said we need to get into po- we need to get into economics before politics. And I was like, hmm, that's a good point. He said black people do it backwards. We will try to get into politics first before we even get into economics. And I'm like, yo, that's so true. It's true. It's true. And I'll be quite frank. I am not someone that is into politics. I think that politics is not meant to unite the masses. It's meant to divide and conquer. Well, American politics, it's meant to divide and conquer. Um, But I'm not going to get too much into uh, my thoughts on politics in this episode. I will definitely make another episode and dive in a little bit more. So number four, once again, is get into politics and getting into your, you know, local state politics, like running for mayor, you know, running for a state representative, getting into your local state politics as well. Number five, media. Now, this one I absolutely agree with, absolutely agree with, and um, I personally want to get more involved in black media and black owned media for sure. So that really struck my mind, you know, and he, he just is saying, you know, we really need to own more media outlets and media systems. We really do. And I, and as I stated in the beginning of this podcast episode, the America didn't even want us to have our own media outlets. They didn't. They don't want us motivating each other and telling each other the truth. Media is a powerful tool. It is powerful. Media is what shapes so many people's mind. There's white people that never met black people a day in their lives in America. All they know is what the media shows of black people. So they're thinking, oh, black people are this, black people are that. The media is a powerful, powerful tool. And we need to get in media. Because we will really be able to revolutionize black minds even more. And number six, education. So getting better resources in the schools. This is something that I, you know, really agree with. And this is also one of my points as well. Um, But getting better resources in the schools. And, you know, he mentioned how, you know, a lot of old books from suburban schools get sent to inner city schools. And I can definitely, definitely vouch for that. Um, Because when I was a city year, I don't know if you all are familiar with city year. It's an AmeriCorps program. I did city year Boston five years ago. And when I was a city year, I worked at a high school here in Boston. And I went to a suburban high school in Massachusetts. So I didn't go to school in the city. I live in the city, but I went to school in the suburbs. And so when I was a city year in, in, in these classrooms, and I remember I was in an English class. I was a city year core member for a ninth grade cohort. So we're in a, a ninth grade English class, right? And they're distributing the books out to the students. They're giving the students the books, right? And they give me a book to follow along as well. And I'm looking at this book. Pages are falling out. Pages are missing. The front is all jacked up. I'm looking at this book like, what? You guys really expect students to want to read? 
You guys really expect students to want to read these types of books? These books, you're letting them know how you feel about their self-worth when you give them these books to read. So that really made me upset. You know, it really did. So I really agree with him on education. So that was his six points. So I want to dive into mine. Um, Not to, you know... Um, compare, contrast, or anything like that, you know? I just want to dive into mine to let y'all know what I was thinking about as well. So, number one, banking and finances. So, we need resources, we need investors, yes, but we need more Black-owned banks. So, right down the street from my house, there's a Black-owned bank called One United Bank. So, we have that right down the street from my house. But we need more Black-owned banks all across America. We really do. So that is my number one. Number two, identifying land. So that's crazy that him and I had land as number two. That's crazy. He had land as his second one, and I have land as my second one as well. Identifying land. And, and that's just essential for us. We, we need to identify land. We need to get land to build these communities, to build back our own Tulsa's, right? So that's my number two. Number three, starting essential businesses. So this pandemic has had me thinking, right? All businesses are closed except for essential businesses. So we need to get essential businesses, Right? And the fact that in Tulsa, they had essential businesses, they had grocery stores, that speaks volumes. It really does. So we need to get essential businesses. That's just my idea and my opinion. Number four, education and media. So I put education and media just together. Um, you know, education could be number four and media could be number five, but I just wrote it like education slash and also in media. So in terms of education, what I was thinking about is having trade schools in inner cities. So trade schools were something that we used to have, but they took trade schools away. Why? So that black women and black men would not be able to have a trade. Let's say you're someone that doesn't want to go to college. At least you have a trade. Right? (laughs) Think about it. At least you have a trade. At least you can be like, all right, I don't want to go to college, but at least I could be a plumber. At least I have my license to be a plumber. So that's something that I think is a huge deal. It's a huge deal, you all, that we get more trade schools in our inner city communities. And also, I wholeheartedly agree with Dr. Claude When he stated that we should get better resources in these schools, I completely agree. We need better resources. I also think we need our own schools. I also think we need more black educators in these schools. The first black teacher I ever had was in senior year of high school. Senior year of high school. Senior year of high school. So we absolutely need more black educators in these schools or in our own schools, which I hope we eventually end up owning our own schools. And media 
I, I agree with what he stated. We do not own a lot of media outlets and it is profound that we own our own media outlets. It really is. So I don't want to be redundant here. Media is essential. And number five, forming alliances with Africa and the Caribbean. So yes, this is a revolution, right? But if we really want to make this a revolution, revolution, that we need to form alliances with the black diaspora. And the black diaspora includes Africa and the Caribbean. And it also includes Brazil. It can include parts of France because there's black people in France. Wherever there's black people, we need to start forming alliances with them. We do. So that is number five. So y'all, that's the collective. That's how I collectively think and also how Dr. Claude thinks we could collectively start to come together to really start to revolutionize our communities, right? But, and even form these communities, right? But individually now, individually now, I believe that every black person plays a role into the liberation of black people, every black person. So what I mean by this is this is your calling I'm talking about. This is your purpose I'm talking about. This is your career path I'm talking about. So what are you going to do to help black people? What are you currently doing right now to help black people? Are you going to be a social worker? Are you going to be a teacher? Are you going to be a doctor? Are you going to be a store owner? Are you going to be a fashion designer? Are you going to be an innovator? Are you going to be an app designer? What are you going to do? And if you don't know right now, and as I'm stating this to you, you're like, I'm not too sure, Key. I don't know what I'm going to do yet. It's okay. It is more than okay, all right? Be patient with yourself and take time to think about it and to figure it out. And to be quite frank with you all, If you don't know yet, I feel like you will find out in the midst of this revolution. I really do. I feel like it will come to you. So be patient and allow it to come to you. Allow it to come to you. So before I wrap this episode up, I want to ask you all once again, what does the revolution look like to you? What does it look like to you? And really think about that. Even after you end this episode, what does the revolution look like to you? It might look different than how Dr. Claude stated. It might look different than how I stated. And that's fine. What does it look like to you? What does change for black people look like to you? You know, we really do have to come together. And we really also have to find ways to combat the crab in the barrel mentality that many of our brothers and sisters suffer with. And that is something that really hinders this community. It really, really does. Because a lot of us look at each other with envious eyes. And that's something that really, really pisses me off. It really does. Because we shouldn't do that. All of us are gifted beings. All black people are gifted beings. A lot of us don't know that, but a lot of us do. We are gifted beings. There's no reason that any of us should be hating or being jealous at at another black person doing their thing. All you need to do is look within 
and think about what you can do. Look within and think about your own gifts and talents, your own visions and ideas. And if you see a black person that is doing something that you want to do, you have two options. You could either be inspired by that person or you could be envious and jealous. And when you're inspired by that person, you're able to push forward because inspiration leads to new ideas. So once you're inspired by someone, next thing you know, you get the spark. Oh, shoot. I got this idea for this. I got this idea for that. But when you're jealous and envious, all you're, all you're going to fuel is bitterness. And that's it. You just stopped right there in a pool full of jealousy, envy, and bitterness. No new ideas are coming because you're not inspired by the person. You're envious and jealous. And, and that's something that we really have to start to combat as a community. We really do. You know, you all, I just want to stay this small, this, 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 it's going to be a short story and I'm going to wrap this up, but I really want to say the story so you all can get what I'm really trying to say here. A few years back, you know, I was seeing a lot of people become fashion bloggers. A lot of people become fashion bloggers. And as many of you all know, that have been listening to this podcast, I am a resale fashion entrepreneur, so that is, you know, the thrift realm of fashion, the vintage realm of fashion, um, and I have always loved fashion, but when I would see people, you know, display their, you know, fashion blog images on Instagram, you know, it, I would just be like, oh, this is nice, this is really nice, um, but it never made me think, should I become a fashion blogger? I didn't think that yet. Until this one black woman that I followed, her name is Freddie Harrell, a very well-known fashion blogger from London. Look her up. Very well-known. She started posting her pictures up and I was just so deeply inspired by her images, her story, everything about her. And I love the fact that she was wearing her beautiful Afro in her fashion pictures. I love it, especially since I have an Afro as well. And I said to myself, man, this woman really is making me want to start a fashion blog. I am really inspired by this woman. I really am. But I said to myself also, I don't know how to go about this. So I said, you know what? I, I think I'm going to contact her in the DM. I'm not sure if she'll write me back, but I'm going to contact her in the DM and see, you know, if she can give me some advice, see if she can give me some tips. So I write her, a, you know, a, a note in the DM, blah, 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 blah. And I'm like, All right, I don't know if she'll write back, but we'll see. And next thing you know, y'all, she ends up writing me back. And she was so kind and so informative and so willing to share knowledge with me and so supportive of my journey and letting me know that this is something that I, I can do. And she really just inspired me even more to want to become a fashion blogger. And I was so grateful for how kind she was to me. I said, you know what? Thank you so much. You know, I'm even more excited to go on this journey. So I state that to you all because imagine if I was envious of Freddie. Imagine if I was jealous of Freddie. I would not have started a fashion blog. I would not have been inspired to start the fashion blog. 
I would not have been excited to start the fashion blog. You want to know why? Because I would have been swimming in a pool of bitterness, hate, and jealousy. And that's real talk. That's real talk. What I'm saying, y'all, that's real talk. So really think about that, you all. As a community, we need to combat the crab in the barrel mentality. And, and I'm not saying that you all that are listening have it. So I don't want anybody thinking I'm accusing anybody of it. Because I know probably some of y'all are like, hey, kid, it ain't me. It ain't me. <laughs> so don't think I'm accusing you all of it. I'm just stating what the community needs to combat. You know, I'm just stating what the community needs to combat. But you all, I'm excited for this revolution. I'm excited for this change. I really am. It's been 50 years since 1970, which, which, which was the start of the Black Power Movement. And I said to myself, I wonder if we're going to have another, you know, movement, like another Black Power Movement since it's been 50 years. I wonder if it's going to happen. And I don't know if it's going to be exactly like the 1970s, but... I'm ready for us to get this revolution started. I'm ready for us to do this. And you know what? The ancestors must have been speaking to me last year for me to even change this podcast from the Black Millennial Experience to the Black Millennial Revolution. It was called the Black Millennial Experience at first. And I said, you know what? Nah, I'm changing this to the Black Millennial Revolution. I'm changing it, and I am so glad I changed it. But most importantly, you all, I'm so glad for y'all, the listeners that listen to this podcast, that, you know, continue to listen and continue to support this podcast. I appreciate each and every one of you all. I really do. Um, this is this is a big deal to me. It, it really is. I, I really I have always wanted to be able to speak to black people and to just find ways to empower my own people. This is a big deal, you know? So we are just in the beginning of this podcast too. Yeah, I started this last year, but we are still in the beginning. So we have a long way to go, but I'm very excited about it. And I hope you all are just as excited as well. But that is it for this episode. And before I wrap, wrap, wrap this up, please do not forget to follow the Black Millennial Revolution IG page, which was created. Definitely follow the page. We have a Twitter account, but I am not as active on the Twitter account. So definitely just follow the IG page for now. I know some of you all are more so on Twitter, but I want to build the IG page first and then I'll go on Twitter. I think it's you know better to just start with one before you start trying to build two at once, you know? So just go follow the IG page and join the community there. But as always, community, as always, thank you so much for tuning in to another episode here at the Black Molina Revolution. And I will catch you all at the next one. Bye now.